this is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. Uh, thank you. It's Wednesday, 11 January in the year of our Lord, 2023. Uh want to thank everybody. Uh, for sticking around uh we promise you an action-packed hour i want to i've got two heroes are going to be up momentarily because a blockbuster story up on cnn this morning about the um about the suppression of meaningful relevant important data and evidence by moderna and the fda and other government officials that now everybody you know is all they're very upset and they're angry and they're disappointed as we said it's like the it's like the uh the Biden situation with the compartment at top secret, you, you see a lot of things pop up here. Like, hey, whoa, we look in that drawer. There's a lot of things going to pop up. It's going to pop up for one reason, your work. Your work and your effort to win this majority in the House and start these investigations and now have serious people like the Naomi Wolfs, like the Dr. Robert Malones, like the Ed Dowds, like the Dr. McCulloughs, all, all these people that you've seen on the show now for over two years, right? You're, you're, you'll start seeing them. Um, and many people from the earliest days of war room pandemic, you're going to start seeing them now testifying committees, working with committees, and you're going to see all kind of different and, and every different aspect, not just the biomedical te- uh, uh, apparatus, security apparatus, the national security apparatus, all of it. This is the reason that we've started the new church committee, the new church committee, the weaponization of the government. I actually think that the weaponization of the government is is just as bad on the biomedical. I, I don't know if Jim Jordan's going to pursue that or he's going to do more national security, but we need a church-like committee uh, for that, and we need people like Dr. Robert Malone in, and, uh, and Dr. Naomi Wolf, who we're going to have up here in a minute, uh, to uh, either consult for it or testify or whatever. We're going to get all that. Um, because the truth's coming out, and as we said, we're going to hammer it till we get the truth out. But I want to make, I want to, Ben Harnwell, uh, our international correspondent out of Rome uh, runs internationally. He's an international editor, actually, has the show over there, War Room Rome. Um, ben, uh, another individual, because the the power of Dr. Wolf and Dr. Malone and McCullough, and these guys have been attacked viciously. Their careers have been changed. They've been attacked viciously for being truth tellers. And the point I want to make to the audience, it's, global throughout the world and it's either in the religious it's in the religious sector it's in the financial sector it's in medical it's in it's across the board the central apparatus the central control apparatus does not what they're in control they're in charge they're rolling they don't want to hear commentary they don't want to hear analysis and they particularly don't want to hear people coming and showing information data evidence science that goes against their narrative and I want to go to uh, the Spectator in in London, one of the most revered what magazines in, in the world. I, I've subscribed to that for 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 I guess decades now. Has this, uh, and I read the print edition, which I love. Um, it's got a blockbuster story. Cardinal Pell uh, has just died. Explain to our audience, particularly the non-Catholics, uh, who Cardinal Pell is. Why he's such an important figure for guys like you and me. 
about his death, about his time in solitary confinement, trying to be the, the person that exposed the financial corruption in the Vatican. Uh, and then what, what is this blockbuster story in The Spectator? Talk about his death. Well, to, to do the background um, for, for, for our non-Catholic brethren who follow the show, um, Cardinal Pell is probably most going to be known as the, um, the head of the Secretariat for the Economy in the Vatican, which is one of the highest dicasteries in the church. He was appointed by Pope Francis to root out the, the corruption and the dodgy finances for which the Vatican is sadly internationally notorious. Um, and as he was making progress on that, um, and making real headway, mysteriously, Steve, no, and there are no conspiracies, right? There, 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 there are no coincidences. I should say, there's not a conspiracy theory, but it, halfway through the campaign of, of rooting out the, the, the corruption, mysteriously, two, um, two guys one of whom I think died um, many years ago, um, uh, came out with some sexual abuse allegations against Cardinal Pell. Um, on the day, I think he was um, consecrated as a bishop. This was a day when he was in full visibility with absolutely everybody, as all the people who were with him on that day testify that it literally wouldn't have been physically possible for him to have done what they said that he did. Well, anyway, that took him out of action. He, had, he resigned from his position in the Vatican. He returned back to his native Australia to fight for his um, innocence. Eventually, it was overturned in the Australian um, Supreme Court um, unanimously. Um, but before that, he, the, the, Colonel Pell spent 13 months in solitary confinement. And it's a, it's a mark of his um, inner spirituality that he actually, he, he just had a, diary of, of the um, of that time published it's a mark of his inner spirit spirituality that he actually embraced that um, and took it as a period an opportunity a christ-given opportunity to go basically on, on a 13-month uninterrupted retreat so he could spend his time because uh, you know bishops and cardinals are, are, are working people but he was then able i think he thought sort of as a grace that he was able to spend that month in full immersion in spiritual reading and in holy scripture um now so he died yesterday um oh and i might just i might just throw out something here it is absolutely scandalous that the catholic church now has an institutional position when it comes to child sex abuse of effectively a default presumption of guilt um, it's a very dangerous situation as well, especially when we're moving into um, times which to pick up on the theme that we were talking about in this morning show, which is the, the growing dominion of the Antichrist. Good priests, good bishops, good cardinals are going to be taken down on, on the basis of just totally fictitious accusations of a sexual abuse nature. And they are abandoned by the institutional church for one reason or another. Incidentally, those who are actually guilty of this get the full uh, the full covering uh, of, of protection. Cardinal Pell, you asked me why you and I like Cardinal. But, but hold hold it's hold it. Let me hold it. Let, let me let me be hold it. Let me be blunt on that. That is also not a coincidence, right? The the most guilty uh, heinous uh, perpetrators of this get the full coverage of being sent. Think of McCarrick. Who cut the deal? the The secret deal with the Chinese Communist Party was really made by the architect, the American Pope McCarrick, who's now been bounced out. One of the worst humans on earth. He got full protection for thirty or forty years. 
a guy like Pell, which was he was exonerated by Australian court. And I even think the guy recanted or part of his recanted, but he was he was totally exonerated. Uh, they the, the the institutional church will go after him. Why? He's one of the good guys. The good guys get the full money and, and the most evil get the full protection. That is not a random occurrence. That is something. But I, I'm, I'm pressed for time here. Let's get into the what it, what did the spectators say Pell was actually working on at the time of his death? And I want to speak. We're not conspiracy theorists, sir. Let, let me let me just reel back, if I may, for 30 seconds before going forward. When I said earlier that there, there were no coincidences, it has since emerged that because of the, 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 the largest corruption trial in, um, in the Vatican's history, which is currently undergoing, the largest criminal trial in the Vatican's history, which is currently undergoing, it has since emerged that a number of payments were made by the Secretariat of State to unspecified individuals in Australia. And Cardinal Pell was absolutely of the opinion that those were pay payments made by the Secretary of State to the people who then raised those accusations against Cardinal Pell, which took him out of action. Um, and, and that's the, the circularity uh, of this situation. Sadly, you know, we, we might not get to the bottom of that ever because the Vatican hasn't been forthcoming on, on the details of who those large substantial payments were being made to in Australia. Um, so here's this, here's this um, the story that uh, credit to the to the to the spectator. They'd lined up this article to be written by Cardinal Pell, obviously without any idea that he was going to die. He died. He had a hip operation yesterday. Um, it went well, uh, and then he just um, died. I, I hesitate to use the word suddenly, but he had a, a cardiac arrest um, in the evening after regaining consciousness after talking to his nurses he, he and, and that just took him away sadly late last night um the spectator however had this article to to be published and they, they published it today um in which and my only introduction to this before going through some of the the key takeaway lines on this is that yesterday on this show i happened to mention that the people who'd worked longest with pope francis seemed to nurture a personal personal Animosity, a stronger personal animosity towards him the longer they'd, they'd been working with him. Um, some of these takeaway lines here corroborate that. Obviously, we're talking about cardinals here, so what they're going to say is going to be moderated to some extent. Um, but the fact that, that, that Cardinal Pell um, put this down in writing um, is, is illustrative of the relationship that a number of cardinals ha have with the Pope, how, how much that relationship has deteriorated. Obviously, as I said, the cardinal didn't know who was going to die when he wrote this either. Here's my first line then. So he mentioned, so right now in the church, there's, there's, this, um, there's this synod on synodality, which is basically church speak of, of how the church arrives at making decisions. It's not so important to go into the inside baseball on that, apart from the fact that when the Vatican published the, the documents to accompany this synod, uh, and this is what I'm going to be basing the, these, these excerpts from, Cardinal Pell said that the church had neglected, indeed downgraded the transcendent, covered up the centrality of Christ with appeals to the Holy Spirit, and encouraged, encouraged resentment, especially among participants. Um, and that is a very illustrative, I think, um, indication that what's going on here, this, this fostering of resentment, has nothing to do with the Holy Spirit, obviously. Here's some, here's some of the, the takeaways. Cardinal Pell said that the Catholic Church must free itself from this toxic nightmare. 
he said that the that the documents that the Synod has published was one of the most, and I quote, one of the most incoherent documents ever sent out from Rome, couched in neo-Marxist jargon and hostile to the apostolic tradition. These are very, very strong words, Steve. Um, and he uh, he also noted the irony that this document, which was called um, Enlarge the Space of Your Tent, um, was seeking to do that in a way that wasn't even uh, specifically uh, ecumenical in the strict sense of the word, which is bringing together Christians or baptized believing Christians. Um, but it was, it was an embrace of everybody, of any religion and of none, enough that they were of goodwill. This is the, the syncretism that I was referring to earlier. In your introduction, Steve, you did ask me explicitly what it is about Cardinal Pell that you and I would like, even though Cardinal Pell was really a conservative rather than a traditionalist. It's the fact that he had the stones, he had a pair of stones and was willing to stand up to Pope Francis. Um, don't forget that he was on the, the, the Pope's Council of Eight uh, Cardinals, which was his specially appointed institution to help him govern the church. And he went from being right on the, the inside circle of the governance of the church to, to writing this article now, which much like Archbishop Gensvine's uh, book that we spoke about yesterday on the show is it would have been a, a, basically a, a burning of the bridges as far as maintaining a, a, a working relationship with this no. pope would go. We'll, we'll get back. We'll get we'll get back into it uh, tomorrow and Friday. If you combine uh, the the uh, assistant to the archbishop that's assistant to Benedict, his book that's coming out. If you take the whole piece about the Antichrist we talked about this morning coming out from the Slovak uh, politician, the letter from Pope Benedict about that. If you take Vigano's continual hammering, right, hammering all the time about the uh, the deep states basically control of the Catholic Church, and you add now Cardinal Pell, you've got a, these are a convergence of voices. There's something happening, and there's something happening big, and we're going to be at the tip of the spear to make sure everybody understands it, sees it, and that we help the audience, and particularly the traditional Catholic audience, connect the dots. Uh, ben, how do people? You've got the you've got the War Room Rome now, uh, which both focuses on Maloney's government, what's happening, and also uh, you know opportunistic uh, opportunities that, with the Vatican and others to do some great reporting there. How do people get to your show? How do they get to you and all your great writings? I'll, I'll give the the at Harnwell. Um... Uh, right now, get at Harnwell. Steve, I'm very proud of the work that we're doing on the war room, especially when it comes to the Vatican, because we're the only news organization in the world that are tying these data points um, together to provide the, the true narrative. We have no vested interest in this. We're just providing the facts and suggesting how people um, might want to, want to see these events, because no other news yeah. organization in the world is, is laying this out um, as we're doing. If if we have any Italians yeah. listening to us and you want to follow the, the, the Bannon's War Room Rome, it's in Italian. Um, I'll give you the address. That's also on Getter. It's at War Room Rome. Uh, by the way, I don't know for the American audience, your segments are so uh, are so look forward to and so big, even with our non a few, we have a big non-Christian audience, obviously, and even the evangelical Christians. I don't know if it's the backdrop of doing your live shots from Rome, from the beauty of St. Peter's uh, Square. Uh, and I think um, it's me, Steve. Uh, I, I, the, I think, um, I think it's, it's the beauty I th of I th me. I think it's your galvanizing. 
I, I think so. I think so. <laughs> ben Harnwell, thank you very much, and thank you for sticking around so we can get this done tonight to follow the God morning bless. show. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. I want to bring in now, um, because it's the same fight in different aspects, I want to bring in now uh, Naomi Wolf and Dr. Malone uh, together. And I'll, I'll start with now. First off, thank you guys uh, for doing this. I really appreciate it. The um, There was a blockbuster story, and, and CNN was the first one to put it up. Uh, and obviously, they're trying to suppress it as much as possible. It's not leading the news, which it should. And and, and um, uh, it, it, Dr. Malone, let me start with you. I'll come back to New York. I just want to do the details of, of what they're saying. And then for Naomi, she knows the cast of characters. Um, this story, and, and I tell the audience, you're going to see so many of these stories come out here in the next couple of weeks, like the, the Biden um, intelligence, you know, the, the compartment of top secret documents, this. Because all of a sudden they're going to be, oh, we did we find that in the drawer? Is that what happened? Very sad and disappointed that happened because there's a new sheriff in town. And you heard early in the show today, we played uh, Congressman Torres from uh, New York, who's one of the smartest guys up there. He said, hey, what happened last week was an unconditional surrender of Congress to what they call the extremist on the right. What I would call the truth tellers, whether it's the biomedical uh, industry, but the, the truth tellers that have called them out, like Dr. Malone and Naomi Wolf and others, or the national security state, you pick it. Dr. Malone, what's the summary of this story that we'll put up here right now from CNN, this blockbuster story, sir? So the back um, story here is that a Freedom of Information Act has forced the CDC to reveal its analyses of the VAERS data that it has been holding and withholding. And that has demonstrated bombshell results were known by the CDC about the risks of these vaccines, which have been previously denied. So now we have a situation in which there's a need for, for limited hangout response and uh, also backpedaling on the part of these various, uh, I don't know what to call them, toadies that have been um, shilling for the government and for the vaccine companies and for FDA and CDC. So there's this been this uh, shift of information that now is placing the statements and positions of many of these uh, anointed academics in significant peril because it's clear that they have not done their job and that they have been misrepresenting what's been going on. The key here is that Elizabeth Cohen, who is a who holds a bachelor's in history and a master's degree in public health from Boston University, so she has some cred, is the senior medical correspondent at CNN. She's now coming out together with a junior um, aide, essentially a news assistant, to disclose key information having to do with the decision making about the boosters. And that's the other bombshell underneath this is the Cleveland Clinic report and data from all over the world have now demonstrated that those that receive these um, multiple jabs, including the booster, are, have had this problem that I predicted in sworn testimony in the Senate in Texas, uh, immune imprinting and the shifting of immune responses that is making those that receive these products more likely to be hospitalized or die, and more likely to get infected with uh, significant symptoms. We now clearly have a, uh, a pandemic, if you want to call it that, 
of the vaccinated, not the unvaccinated, consequent to the repeated inoculations. And uh, there, this is starting to come to terms with that. It's only barely starting. And uh, it's fascinating to look under the covers at what they're talking about. One of the key um, strategies that has been used all the way through this to provide cover for rapidly advancing these products is to assert that immunogenicity equals protection, but it absolutely does not. The titers of antibodies or cytotoxic T lymphocytes have never been validated as what's called technically a correlative protection. In other words, technically you can't use those data to make any predictions about effectiveness. And so they've waved their hands around yep. this and they continue yep. to talk about immunogenicity, yep. but it has no yep. relevance to protection. Hang, hang on one second. Go ahead, Steve. Naomi, uh, yeah, N Naomi, uh, the, the, the specific thing here too is that they talk about a point in time. This four year at that point in time, this is when this was going to get the uh, emergency, I don't know if it was emergency use authorization, but get approved. And these guys, Hoffa and these guys sat on the advisory panel, and we would have you and, and Dr. Malone and others on the show nonstop every day when they're going through this. And they were told, and it was unanimous, right? And it was told that, oh, we saw the reports, we saw everything. Now we're finding out because for request, and correct me if I'm wrong, that major pieces of evidence and science and reports were withheld by Moderna, at least they're being blamed for it, and that the bureaucrats, the FDA or CDC or whatever, the people that were driving this, supposedly never gave it to the to the panel. And now the panel, Hoffett, and I want you to introduce him, Hoffett, who's one of the biggest Cretans, he's the one that's most angry and most disappointed. So can you walk us through this, the the architecture of the story? Uh, yeah, so I think Dr. Malone summarized points incredibly well. I, I'm going to add from a layperson's perspective, what is clearly going on here is finger pointing. Um, that, you know, as, as Dr. Malone pointed out, the decision making is being revealed and it's so shoddy and unacceptable that uh, members of the advisory panel are saying, oh, heavens, it's the FDA's fault. It's Moderna's fault. Well, I will tell you right now, it's also the advisory panel's fault because some truly shocking things emerge, even from this, and I agree, kind of limited hangout, like, you know, let's get CNN to tell a, 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 a cosmeticized version of the story. Um, even from this uh, airbrushed version, there are some shocking things that emerge. First of all, people should know that the decision to push the bivalent booster was based on um, not a study that showed how many people got infected. And remember, I was at Yale trying to keep these young adults from being forced to take this uh, inadequately studied booster. Um, so what was withheld uh, from the advisory panel, according to the advisory panelists who are leaking like crazy to the press in an effort to protect themselves from upcoming investigations and lawsuits, no doubt, is that um, a study found that 1.9% of the participants who received the original booster got infected, but a higher percentage, 3.2%, um, who got the bivalent booster, the one that our young adults are being forced to take into their bodies, a higher percent got, in, got infected. So now I want to turn your attention to what's hideously wrong um, with the decision-making, not just of the FDA, but the advisory panel altogether. Uh, the, these data were not hidden. They were not concealed. 
they were included in a preprint study that was posted online in June of last year, again in September, um, and, and then later published in a top medical journal. And now advisors to the FDA and the CDC said the data, quote, should have been shared with them too. Um, so now what I'm trying to drill, drill down to show you is that what's, what's emerging from this uh, news coverage is that the, the kind of widely covered spectacle of the advisory panel, all of these academic experts who bless these um, injections, uh, you know, it's fully televised and you get to see the slide presentation. What's clear to me, and it should be clear to you, is that is all theater. It's window dressing. Because what you're seeing here is that these people didn't do any of their own original research. They literally sit in a room and accept what the FDA is spoon feeding them and what Moderna is spoon feeding them. And yes, you get to see the slides, but that is not the same as them looking at primary research. Um, and I guess what I'm really shocked about is that everyone's saying, oh, you know, the, the FDA spokesman is saying the FDA received the preprint less than a day prior to the advisory committee meeting, therefore we couldn't include it. You know, the advisors are saying it was published three days before. We didn't have a chance to look at it. The CDC is saying it's not adequate for us to have included it. That's why it was included. Everyone's saying the dog ate my homework, but no one actually did their homework. And what I mean is that, um, you know, we, I, I am a layperson. Amy Kelly's a layperson. Our 3,500 experts literally poured through every single primary source document that, the F, that Pfizer produced for the FDA. So presumably there are also tens of thousands, tens of thousands of primary source documents, studies produced by Moderna for the F FDA on which basis the advisory panel is supposed to adjudicate or give its recommendation. But they didn't do that. What's becoming clear is that they didn't ever look at the primary source documentation. It appears they didn't even look at an important study that was in the public domain that is directly relevant to this that any of you could have looked up online. The advisory panel didn't look at any of that. The yep. advisory panel sat in a room and looked at slides that were televised. And that's the shocking thing to take away from this. Um, and then they told you all to get a booster okay. that was not okay. safe, that made you sicker just, than not taking it. Hang on one second. We're gonna continue this. We're gonna take a short commercial break. We got Naomi Wolf. We got Dr. Robert Malone. Uh, this is explosive for everything. Number one, for the process going on of taking the boosters and forcing young kids, but also for how did we get here? How do we actually get here? Short commercial break. Malone and Wolf on the other side. Starting the new year, how will you prepare yourself, friends, and family? In the news, you're seeing constant government overreach, attacks on our communication and energy grid, worldwide conflicts, natural disasters, and the never-ending assault on our security and privacy. And relying on your cell phone in these scenarios simply won't cut it. That's why over the last year, I've been partnering with Satellite Phone Store to help you stay prepared and ensure your vital communication stay prior. They're one of America's largest satellite companies with thousands of happy, well-prepared customers. For a limited time, Satellite Phone Store has a special promotional offer when you go to sat123.com slash Bannon. That is sat, S-A-T, 123.com slash Bannon. Get a bivy stick or an Imarsat satellite phone included with an annual agreement. 
Remember, that's you get a bivy stick or a Marsat satellite phone included with an annual agreement. Now, Satellite Phone Store's customer support team is located in the United States of America and can help you pick the best plan for you. Go to sat.com right now. That's sat123.com slash Bannon. Sat123.com slash Bannon. And get your device today. Don't put it off. Life can change in an instant. That is sat123.com slash Bannon. Sat123.com slash Bannon. Get it today. Take action, action, action. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a small retail business almost $80,000. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly two hundred and fifty grand. And COVIDtaxrelief.org just got a large distribution business almost $900,000. If you run a business, church, or nonprofit and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. But beware of clickbait or pay upfront companies who make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDtaxrelief.org receives a low reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDtaxrelief.org. Visit COVIDtaxrelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's COVIDtaxrelief.org, COVIDtaxrelief.org. The refund examples are not a guarantee and not all businesses qualify. That's why you have to check today with COVIDtaxrelief.org. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. Um, we got, what, 20 minutes here, and I'm going to just stick with these two. We've moved everything else because it's so important. Dr. Ma, I just want to go because I think this calls into question everything. And what I mean by that is you've seen all the excuses and the pointing of the fingers. I want to make sure our audience knows you had this FDA advisory meeting, and this was going to approve uh, the, the covalent booster, and this was a huge deal. We had you guys on, and like, like um, Naomi said, this was a big deal. The media was covering it. We covered it nonstop with you guys giving alternative analysis. And now the point where this thing wasn't done, they, you know, this wasn't included. It was two days or whatever. How could you have a process? I thought we were told that these process are kind of sacrosanct. How could you have a process that Moderna could sit through and other people would sit through and say, whoa, 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 whoa. The, all the information hasn't been included. And to name put looking for how could you have a process where now they say, well, it wasn't included because it wasn't good enough. And now the guys and things that we should have seen this it's because th- that breakdown to me points to the performative nature of all of it. Is that what we have for, I mean, just thinking about how this is run and things, the inside of the apparatus, you know, how could they have possibly approved something so controversial without being it, uh, you know, buttoned up to the, you know, a belt suspenders and another belt, as we say on wall street, how could that happen, sir? Well, you asked Naomi a question, and I want to give a shout out to her dog ate my homework metaphor. I think it was perfect. Uh, But um, you asked her the question about Paul Offit, and Paul Offit illustrates the case. 
Paul Offit is the senior vaccinologist. He's an endowed chair at the Children's Hospital of uh, Philadelphia. And he's uh, a long, long time employee of UPenn. UPenn receives massive funding from the royalties on both the Moderna and the Pfizer products because of the work of Carrico and Weissman. Both of those have licensed, they've licensed that patent to both of those companies for the pseudouridine. So UPenn has a massive financial interest in advancing the vaccines and getting them uh, um, uh, to be sold all over the world. And just to, uh, just to put a pin in it, it's also UPenn that's closely tied to Biden and his little um, operation there where apparently they discovered these classified documents. UPenn has a long history of being deeply embedded in all of this and receiving, by the way, massive influx of capital for these activities from the CCP. So Offit sits in a structure that has huge financial incentives to uh, um, support vaccines in general and in particular to support these vaccines. What we're seeing is the chronic long-term corruption of the entire system by financial conflicts of interest, and they come in a variety of subtle forms. And the FDA and the CDC turn a blind eye to these things. So that's that's where this is coming from. And it absolutely breaks open uh, the whole story of how we've got here, because it revolves around the idea that antibodies are predictive of anything. And that's been clear from the outset that that's not true. Antibody titers are not predictive, but they've been able to substitute antibody titers basically by gaslighting everybody. Um, and through uh, not just gaslighting, but intimidation like Eric Rubin's statements, basically you're stupid and I'm not, and I'm smart and I know how to interpret these data. In addition, with the boosters, what they did with these data is say that, well, we see a short-term elevation in antibody titers. Antibody titers are extremely nonspecific. And what's been shown in the data subsequently is those titers drop very fast, but of course that wasn't followed and it wasn't reported in any of these, but the titers drop very fast. And as the titers drop, so does the protection. And when they drop below a certain level at about two months after dosing, then the recipients become more likely to become infected or develop disease or death. And this is the bombshell data from Cleveland Clinic that shows the more jabs you take, the higher risk for disease and death. Why would that be? Oh, I predicted and the literature predicted from multiple fantastic laboratories all over the world, the problem is immune imprinting. And then there's this new data that shows that what this is doing is shifting to an entirely different category of immunoglobulin, IG4, which is not useful in providing protection at all. It's one that's associated with allergy responses. But the CDC and the FDA uh, play the three monkeys. You know, they can hear no evil, see no evil, and speak no evil, and they just disregard these data. It is cherry picking of data is what's gone on all the way through. And then the disregarding of fundamental norms in vaccine development and uh, testing 
uh, and licensure in which they have substituted hope for actual data, and they've substituted titers of antibodies, which have not been proven to have any direct relationship with protection in lieu of actual protection data. And now the the cows are coming home, <laughs> you know, the, the vultures are coming back to roost, I, I and to, they've all, they're all scrambling I, 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 to cover. I, 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 well, let me talk about that scramble for a second. Offit, Naomi Wolf, that name that uh, that um, Dr. Malone's bringing up, Offit rings a bell. Uh, I think there's a bell being run. What, is he somehow hooked up in the in the Twitter files that we're seeing? Tell me about Offit and his role in this. Uh, so he did publish a Wall Street Journal piece in September of last year um, explaining his dissent. Uh, from the decision to um, approve the boosters. Um, I believe it's my understanding that he his name comes up in the Twitter files, but it's it's premature for me to say that. I should say I I, um, I want to I want to lock that down before I say that. Um, but what what's really important to add to what Dr. Malone is uh, is highlighting there is that this advisory group, got a 22-page FDA briefing document in order to make their, you know, highly televised um, decision, a 22-page briefing document from the FDA. So as Dr. Malone was saying, the FDA literally gets to cherry pick what it wants to show them and what it wants them to disregard. And let's not forget the money trail here. A month later, or within the next month, our government with our taxpayers on the basis of this 22-page document given to this handful of people who are all like, yeah, awesome, fabulous, this really works. Um, Pfizer got a contract for $3.2 billion and Moderna got a contract for $1.74 billion. And all, again, I'm gonna keep saying this as a mom, as a stepmom, all these young adults were mandated. A lot of students can't go back to school uh, this spring unless they take this this injection into their bodies, which now the people who approved it are scrambling. The last thing I want to say about this is that even though, and Rochelle Walensky signed off on this, right? She was the last signature that um, this train wreck of, of you know, willful denial um, reached, right? Her signature is the last one that, that, that approved it as good decision-making. That, you know, even CNN is trying to say, this data, these data, the infection data that wasn't included in the Moderna and FDA presentations. Well, who published it? You read all the way down to the end and you see that the New England Journal of Medicine had published it. The New England Journal of Medicine had published the data showing that you are more likely to get sick when you take a bivalent booster than if you don't take a bivalent booster. And, you know, literally the whole FDA, Rochelle Walensky, you know, CDC, these advisors, these these highly distinguished advisors who sit around, you know, with the cameras rolling and pontificate, they are literally going like this so that no one will stumble on the New England Journal of Medicine article that is right in their phones if they decide to Google search, you know, bivalent boosters. It's shocking. And, and that's over $5 billion of your tax money. Gone. On the basis of this, the five, the five, the five, the five billion dollars. But it's the, it's the, it's the youth that, it's the decision that came out here. I mean, you were at Yale, and it was like you were uh, some sort of revolutionary felon up there when you're trying to defend these kids. Doctor, Doctor Malone, the New England Journal of Medicine is not, uh, is not the gateway pundit. 
right? It's one of the most revered peer-reviewed journals. So yeah, to actually, Naomi's Steve, point, how does this happen? And is it is it show that is it show that the whole thing's just been a sham? Yes, sir. So the New England Journal of Medicine is not what it was. Uh, once upon a time, the Lancet was a quality journal. We're we're in a situation in which the New England Journal of Medicine has been compromised. That has become clear all the way through this outbreak. It's no longer a reliable source of information. It's become another propaganda outlet. So just like you know, we, one could argue that once upon a time, there were interesting articles from the left in the Atlantic Monthly, but it's now just become a shill. The same is true, I'm sorry to say, for the New England Journal of Medicine, which has tight ties to UPenn in addition to Harvard. So we're, we're in a situation in which the massive, massive amount of money that has flowed through the system has twisted the integrity of everything. The journals, this is very well documented, and the New England Journal at the forefront of that. Many of us find the British Medical Journal, BMJ, under Peter Doshi, the closest to anything having to do with integrity in academic publications at that level now. But a lot of these traditional journals that we, the medical profession, had relied on for decades have clearly become compromised. I love, uh, again, Naomi's, I just want to shout out this uh, willful disregard. Uh, this is intentional disregard of data that are right in their face, intentional disregard of well-established norms. This is what has frankly pissed the hell out of me all the way through this thing is they have destroyed my industry and they have disregarded the things that I have had to learn over decades rigorously. And if I had done these things previously in managing another clinical trial, I would have expected to get run out on a rail to be blocked from ever being able to participate in clinical research in the future. What has happened here is a massive conspiratorial travesty to push these products. And again, I, uh, shout out to Brownstone and their citizen journalists. We still haven't got to the root cause of how we got here and which agencies propagated this and the interface between the U.S. intelligence community and the CCP and, and the U.S. military's role in this, there is a ton more to come out. And you started the segment by um, expressing hope that some of us might have an opportunity to support uh, members on the Hill, let's say. And, and I have been contacted by someone who is uh, very senior uh, reporting to a senior member of the Hill who writes to me about information that is available and they wish me to review that I, I got to say it blows my mind. This it sounds from what is being written to me like this goes far, far deeper than any of us uh, conspiracy theorists, spreaders of mis and disinformation would have ever imagined. But the fundamentals here are clear in this article. We have a completely compromised regulatory process for vaccines staffed by people who are selected because they support the industry, compromised by this massive amount of cash, this guaranteed annual cash cow purchase that occurs for, through the Vaccines for Children initiative. Um, and it has compromised major academic institutions and publications that we previously relied upon. Over.
Yeah. Uh, Naomi, with that as a background, and clearly, like I say, I think it's got to be the weaponization of government, just entire committee just focused on the biomedical security industry and what you guys argued. But from a practical point of view, since you guys are two of the ones at the absolute tip of the spear on this, how do we make sure that this narrative, that this is now built as the, as the dominant counter narrative, given that they lied and they've been lying to people now for years on this? How do we take this piece of information, which to me shows the whole thing's a sham? How do you how does a Naomi Wolf build upon that? And what support do you need from the from the audience uh, to make sure that we we we've taken this to the next level? Ugh. I mean, I, I really resonate with uh, with Dr. Malone's, you know, grief and kind of elegiac um, description of the devastation of a, a profession that he trained rigorously for for decades. You know, I feel that way as a journalist, um, and I know many of the doctors and scientists who are in the War Room uh, Daily Cloud Pfizer Documents Research Volunteer Group also feel a sense of tremendous grief uh, that that you know are, are these institutions that are so precious and so much a part of a successful civilization have been destroyed and in two and a half years. Um, the only solution is to rebuild, you know, to rebuild America and to rebuild new institutions, parallel institutions. So um, that's, and, and especially I would say as a journalist, to rebuild parallel news outlets, um, news guard the fake shill, you know, misinformation uh, detection system, um, highly funded by, you know, the establishment that's pushing this narrative is going after us. So you can support us at Daily Cloud to keep doing this important journalism, um, help us support Amy Kelly and our 3,500 incredible experts who are bringing out the truth that the FDA didn't want you to see. Um, you can certainly, you know, support all of these heroes who, who to for whom you've shown a light, uh, you know, on, on War Room. Um, but I mean, literally, we have to be more systemic than that. I mean, at Liberty House, we are convening people again, February 17th to 20th to, you know, start rebuilding media, start rebuilding uh, PR outlets, um, start rebuilding. And I know the scientists like Dr. McCullough, I believe Dr. Malone as well, are doing important things to rebuild clean science and clean medicine and sort of clean clean research, but I would want to know more from him about that. I know that Dr. McCullough has launched a, a company called the Wellness yeah. Company. And and all of these alternatives have to be, you know, more than just supported. They, you know, we all have to kind of think this is this is ground zero. You know, this is 1776. It we, we have to create a, a new birth of freedom. Um, you know, start America anew from this date uh, and rebuild all of our institutions in in, al in alignment with truth and our higher purpose. Dr. Malone, with what Naomi said, I mean, your book is Lies My Government Told Me. And remember, I think even in the, the war room audience, we're having a, you know, many people and they're bringing their friends and they're bringing their, uh, their business associates and people maybe they play golf with or hang out with. A lot of people, Friday was the biggest, as big as the show is, Friday was the biggest audience we'd ever had, right? Because of the intensity of the Hill. And so every day, more and more people are coming. More and more people are coming. We already you know we're already the number one political podcast in the nation yeah, congratulations. In, the, in the live I, audience is, is I'm, massive. I'm honored. Well, it's not, Steve, it's not I'm about honored. It's, it's, I'm honored every time you ask me on your courage and fortitude um, and warrior spirit have been an inspiration for all yeah. of us. 
but no, no, it's you guys that do it. That's I just I get the easiest job in the world. I just get I know intelligent people that are <laughs> truth tellers that have. And, I know. And here's the thing. Here's the beauty of it. Every person we put on that people say oh, these crazy, it eventually comes. Oh, you know what? They were right. And 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 but he, to name his point, it was the lies the government told me. For people who are just coming onto the show now and going, wow, how are they supposed to comprehend? These are the greatest institution i'm i'm very proud and i know naomi loves yale that's where she's gone back and forth for the students i'm very proud of the fact that they went to uh excellent places like georgetown and like harvard um are those i don't think those are the places uh that they were when i was there but th yeah. these are great institutions when you see the corruption you see the venality you see the the, the money grubbing uh, and you and you and you they sit there and lie to your face but more importantly we only got a couple of minutes here for people joining the audience now that are new. They tried to destroy Naomi Wolf and they tried to destroy Dr. Robert Malone and many others that we could bring up. But these two particularly, they went after to absolutely destroy them. Why? Because they were the ones that they go, I don't know if this is exactly right. I don't know if this is really science and evidence. And they went after you. So what are people to do? We got about a minute for you, and I want to get a minute for Naomi. Give me a minute of where do we go from here, Dr. Robert Malone? So thanks for the shout out of the book. It's intended for the uh, persuadable middle. It's not intended for the choir. It's intended to be shared with your mother, your uncle, your coworker, to help them make this journey and start to wake up themselves. Where do we go from here? Uh, so I continue to publish together with Jill on our Substack, and I believe that that uh, you can link to today's essay, which covers some details about this CNN uh, article. Um, and also I have the sworn testimony that I gave to the Texas State Senate. In terms of people going forward, what I've been advising as a practical thing that everybody can do is learn what fifth generation information warfare is. Read my, the new book from uh, General Flynn, I believe, put out. There's a uh, ebook that's fantastic about 5GW is the title. This is not about cell towers. Um, and once you understand it, then deploy it you can become a leader and a warrior every single one of you in spreading information yeah. truth and do it in the grocery gotcha. line we, do it we, to everybody we, we, yeah what's what, what's the what's your social media handle we got to bounce we got a hard out at rw malone md and that's in all channels and it's rwmalonemd.substack.com thanks steve uh, naomi how do people get to your site uh, please come to dailycloud.io. Um, please um, look at the Pfizer documents on dailycloud.io. Support us. And also, I'm on Substack at Naomi R. Wolf and Getter at Naomi R. Wolf. And it, the book is The Bodies of Others. And it's out in a two volume set with uh, Mr. Kennedy's book. We will, yeah. see you we will see you tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. I got my two volume set right here. See you tomorrow at 10. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. 
It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out. WARROOM POSSE, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger, better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency.